everyone, and welcome back to Purple Nuna Podcast. I'm Stephanie Conti, and I am here with the Wallace to my Mr. Tusk. Oh, so then, I'll oh, now say... That's, that's a psycho one, okay. Yeah, yeah. Little, little, little Mr. Seen, Tusk. That, um, you ever see the TikTok, the, the, the toxic one, where it's like... um. I me falling in love with my kidnapper because he chose me to kidnap. That's how I felt right there. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! <laughs> well, sorry, I will never make that comparison again. Have <laughs> you ever seen that TikTok? No, I have not. It's very funny. It's very very funny. Wow. So how you been? How you been? I've been pretty. I've been pretty. Uh, I'm trying to think of a word. Um. I've been feeling pretty spooky for Halloween. Of course, of course. It's uh, so. Oh, what are your plans for this this festivity? Because by the time this will, or what had been your plans? Because by the time this is up, it'll be the day after Halloween. So, what would you have done on Halloween? So, me and um, Paolo are dressing up as Rick and Morty, and we're gonna stay home. That's the plan. I think what I just love the most is the fact that between your husband and you. Your Rick. Yeah. I love that decision. And I very much support it. It's just the natural order of things, you know? So are you just going to, like, go around the house and, like, just be like, I'm Pickle Rick? Like, are you just going to do that whole thing the entire day? Yeah. And then we'll take pictures. And if somebody comes by, we could throw candy. Like, we decide. If somebody. I, I, really I know I was just thinking uh, that like I, I I was thinking like oh maybe tomorrow like because my parents haven't bought candy I was like maybe I should buy candy but I'm like what maybe you know what I'll do I'll because I've always appreciated those um like when whenever you went into like the rich neighborhoods like on Halloween and stuff you would go to like the rich neighborhoods to get the full-size candy bars you know yeah. what I mean so it's like maybe that like since there's very few people maybe I'll just buy a box of those and give out full-size bars Maybe I'll be maybe I'll be a little extra this year for the children. Um, some COVID friendly hacks. Um, what I'm gonna be doing is I'm gonna put candies in Ziploc bags. That way, there's no actual hand. Oh uh, yeah, my family. We've always done that. We've always made like little goodie bags and stuff like that. I don't know. I might dress up as like a Jackie Robinson and just start chucking ball, <laughs> chucking <No>. candy, <laughs> seventy mile per hour Hershey's bar just directly Slide into the kid. I mean, free candy is free candy. I'll have a catcher's. Oh, my plans? Um, so okay, so I have a test to study for on Monday. So kind of, right. I'm gonna be studying majority on Saturday. So I will be doing a little pre-Halloweeny celebration on Friday. So what I have plans is me and my boyfriend are gonna watch something. We don't know what we're gonna watch. It's not about what we're going to watch, though. It's about the food. There's this wicked place in like two cities over that we're going to drive an hour out to just to pick up. It is called Waves. And it is like a um, a Japanese fusion restaurant. But I'm telling you, they've got those. They got like pork buns. They got, they got sushi pizza, sushi donuts, Ooh. sushi burgers, just so much sushi shit. It's just so crazy. And like stuff that does not make sense. And... The, one of the things too it's like you get a little sushi now they just added ramen and i'm like oh I, i'm getting ramen i'm getting a, i'm getting a little little korean beef uh bun i'm getting that and i'm getting some sushi and i am 
I, like thrilled isn't even a word to begin with. I've been looking at the menu every day for a week. <laughs> like this is going to be one of those things where if I go to this place, it is 45 minutes away. Well, I go to this place. Ramen? And if, if, for the whole show, Savannah, I mean, like I can just order ramen now because they expanded Uber Eats. I can just order but I want Rob. I want ramen. I want a beef bun. I want sushi pizza, That's sushi fun. donut. They also got matcha cheesecake. I want it all, and I'm having it all. That's Halloween. Great. I'm not going to be reduced to just ramen. I'm going all out. That's how I'm celebrating Halloween this year. That's the perfect way. That's the best way. It's like a little You're little, little right. forty-five minute road trip. You know, get to go out because I literally haven't been like, oh, God, I haven't left like five miles away from my house since March. So it'll be a nice drive, you know, a little nice exploration back into the world. So, yeah, I'm fully ready and I'm fully ready to like look at a nice fat zero in my bank account because of it. For ramen, whatever. The money will come back. It's fine. Is it for the ramen or is it, this is almost like a very, um, this is like a spiritual journey for me. This really is a spiritual journey. Like I'm already like, I'm preparing to fast the day of and not eat anything until 2 PM when I do plan to consume. So it it really is a spiritual like trip. This is being, I I might, I might treat myself to some ramen. We had really good ramen the other day. So cool. Shout out to Domu Orlando. Holy crap. If we had a, a ramen sponsorship, we'd be the we're done. candidate for that. We're done. I'm quitting pharmacy school. <laughs> <laughs> be like, mom, why do I have to be a pharmacist when I can get free ramen? That's I don't need to work. Cool. Yeah. Be like, come on, Cindy. Look at look at the real look <laughs> at the big picture. And then everyone would be like, but Steph, you already paid for your school. Whatever. You're going to go $40,000 in debt. Be like, free ramen, whatever. I'd be like, but you know what I won't be in debt of? Ramen. You know, when we, when we review Tampopo, we got to order ramen. That's the only It's a sin to not consume some type of noodle-based food while watching Tampopo. It really is. I have never once allowed myself to watch it without eating ramen. It just feels immoral. To just go about it that way. Well, no, because then you start craving it. Like, yeah, like you start craving it and it, it just, like, I'm not someone that can watch, like, mukbangs, mukbangs, however you pronounce it. I can't watch those. I cannot watch those because I'm just salivating like a little dog in front of the screen, like, <laughs> like just wanting the food. So, Tom Popo must eat with food, which I can't wait. We got to make a day out of that, too. Yeah, I'm excited. You and me just watch it. We'll get some ramen. Do we'll 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 do what what we'll do what God intended for Tampopo. Seriously. <laughs> of course. All right. So uh what movie would you like to start off first with? We got quite the selection. Well, first I think we should end with a banger. So obviously Tusk. We have to end with Tusk. <laughs> that's um, your banger. That's the banger. Dude, that's the big shebang right there. That is the big shebang. Okay, so would you like to start? Uh, would you like to introduce Friday to us? Uh, I would. Let me hold on. Give me, give me a second, guys. Sorry. Take your time. Where 
It took me a dude, minute. If people got, dude, if people got time to watch, uh, listen to an hour-long podcast, they got time for a few seconds of delay. It's fine. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I got it together. Sorry about that. All right. So Friday is a short film based on Ted Bundy's execution in 1989. It's sort of like a coming-of-age story behind the backdrop of that. And it stars Elizabeth Ashley, Jordan Denali, Jimmy Stanton, and Michael Sato. Um, I what did you think, Steph? So I thought it was interesting. I think it was really interesting because obviously, like I'm a youngin. I don't remember. I wasn't around for Bundy's execution. I believe when was he? Ex- yeah, eighty nine. No, I was not alive. Um, I wasn't even thought. Um, so. <laughs> Bundy's execution and everything is just like especially since at least within the past 20 years we haven't had any major executions like we haven't had a Bundy or a um a Dahmer or any type of serial killer like Praise that the lord because that's terrifying. I mean no I'm not bummed out I'm like oh I can't see an execution like I'm not <laughs> bummed out or anything but it, it's it's so weird seeing this setting and like this was people's lives like people saw this at a time and was like oh yeah we're gonna go to the the prison and how just strange the, what a strange which is also very weird because it's like what do you just do? Are you're just staring at a prison building, waiting until someone goes, "Yup, he's dead," and then everyone goes, "Yeah," like that's it. Like it's not like you're gonna see the execution. <laughs> not to I mean, like but the whole short film felt very southern. Oh, uh, dude, because you want to know why? Because Bundy was executed in Florida. Oh God! What do you the think? Land. The, the motherland. That's where we currently live right now in Florida, in sweet, oh, sweet Florida. Just, like this gives me like. I don't, I don't want to say the word because I don't know if it's, like, a problem. Uh, heebie-jeebies? No, I was going to say hick vibes, but, like... <laughs> okay, I mean, we're in Florida. I feel like we can say that. Is that, that a bad word now? Do you know? Is that a bad word? I don't know. I don't think it's a bad word. I don't think it's a bad word, but you know what? To any of you guys who are, are like consider a- yourself in such label, if it's offensive, we apologize. Mm-hmm. We're ignorant. I don't know. I'm from the north. <laughs> or like- as y'all would say, ignorant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, we we better stop on our tracks there. I know. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we're talking about Bundy, yet we're we're kind of ostracizing a whole nother crowd here. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I think it's just, it's a very weird setting, especially for us since we don't see that or we don't know much about it. Like I know about Bundy, but I I, I don't particularly know about people just waiting outside the prison going, yeah, like and stuff like that. So it's a very weird backdrop. Um, it is definitely a short film. It's like 15 minutes long. Um, I thought it was filmed well, and I do think it's worth seeing, but I I think there is a message, but it definitely is a message that can be lost within everything. It's not a very direct message either, in my opinion. What did you think? I I agreed. Um, I like the ending a lot, mm-hmm. but the middle does get kind of strange because you don't really understand why some things are happening. I, I didn't yeah. really understand the whole point I, I like the ending, and I think the ending definitely had some. The cool. diner sequence kind of was um, a little off. It wasn't enough to, for me, in my opinion, to be substantial and within the sixteen minutes. I just feel like there, there definitely is a message there, and 
I appreciate it, but I, I do think they could have been a little bit more clearer in the intent. Because so let's let's dissect that message. What do you think that message is for this film? I think there's a lot of people like Ten Bundy out there. I think that's the message. Maybe not as crazy, but I think when this girl like kind of tags along with these guys that definitely like seem to take advantage of her in a very strange way. Like yeah. they rob her at the end and they make her like which was lady. which didn't the lead up to it in in my opinion didn't make sense. Like them robbing her makes sense, but how it culminates to get there really doesn't make sense. Especially like after the the whole diner scene. Like I felt like the diner scene really didn't show much, um especially with the photos and everything like that. Um my theory though is a little it's on the same page but it's a little bit different than yours what i thought this film was trying to show because in the beginning they kind of just the girl look around goes yeah everyone's stupid and it's kind of like there's always this idea or notion that like when you hear in my opinion girls who are or you know people who are being led by serial killers and who are killed by serial killers led into traps and stuff you think how stupid could they be and i think this girl kind of looked who looked at the crowd and was like, look at all these stupid people ended up Doing realizing that really she could, stupid. she could, she easily, not just as stupid as going to, she was not only just as stupid for going to this execution thing to make money, but she was also stupid in a way where um, she let herself it put be put in a situation that people like Ted Bundy would have taken advantage of. Like she kind of fell into those similar traps that people like him would make. So that's what I thought it was more based off of. Um, although I do, I don't think your idea is wrong. I don't. I think it's kind of within the same ballpark. But I felt like it was more like, especially towards the end, because it does end with her, um, like a, a yeah, man yeah. asks, "Like, do you want to ride?" And you can tell, like, there's like a lot of hesitation, and she just kind of like shakes her head no and stuff. And I do think. Um, well, let me ask you this: I because you said you like that ending. Because uh, I think she she goes in the car or something happens to her. Gotcha. So you th- okay? Because I interpreted as her not going into the car. I mean, it was very open ending, so it's not like either oh, one know. of us are right or wrong. I'm gonna be honest. Like you said, I think the whole thing could have been a lot clearer, just because I think your interpretation makes the most sense. And now that you say it to me, it's very clear. But the whole short film is what 15 minutes. I think it easily could have been a lot more condensed into like a solid 10 to 12 minutes. Well, I, I just think it could have had more substance. I think we were looking at this girl. Like it, this girl, basically, she she hangs out. She uh, gets led to hang out with this boy she went to high school with, I think. And they're like. Yeah. Which, by the way, r- rule number one, never trust a man with a rat tail. Never trust a man with a rat tail. Babies. That was never a look. That was never no. It's a law. It's a law. You never get. You never trust men with rat tails. Um, sorry, I burped. I don't know if you guys heard that, but no, you're good. You're good. Okay, I I liked it. I just wish we would have saw more. Um, I agree. It's a it's a very interesting setting for sure. Like to think about, like oh yeah, during and the the title is clever as hell. Friday, huh? When he's going in the chair, huh? Like it's 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 tongue in cheek, very, and it works well with it. Yeah, I would give it 
a seven and a half. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it a seven. Seven on the dot feels good. I I like the background and I like what it's trying to perceive, but I yeah. think it could have been condensed. We, just, we, we wanted to see more, definitely. And, and especially with uh, with Rat Tail, I felt like Rat Tail could have been a little bit more crazier instead of just being like, let's take her camera. Oh no, just take this. Oh, just give her a camera. She really likes her camera. Like, uh, she, he should have been creepy. He should have been creepy and it should have been a situation where, in my opinion, he would have done something very creepy and then someone ends up saving her. I think that would have been kind of like a better moral to the story type of deal. Maybe. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, it's still a good, still a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So that is number one. What are we, jo- oh, we're jumping into uh, a Night of the Living Dead now. Would you like me to introduce this one? Uh, Actually, I got it if you don't mind. It's already up. Do it. Grab it and go. Thank you. <laughs> a group of Pennsylvanians barricade themselves. Oh, the film is about a group of Pennsylvanians. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Let's make it clarify. We're not doing it. We just talked so much smack about Zack Snyder last week. This is not the Zack Snyder version. Oh, God, I forgot there's a Zack Snyder version. All right. <laughs> a group of Pennsylvanians barricade themselves in an old farmhouse to remain safe from a bloodthirsty, flesh-eating breed of monsters who are ravaging the east coast of the United States. So this movie stars Dwayne... Dwayne Jones? Dwan? No, Dwayne. Dwayne. Dwayne Jones. Judy Dwan. Mon- <laughs> like, Sorry. I don't want to be incorrect. Dwayne Jones. Judith O'Day. Carl Hardman and Marilyn Eastman, and it's directed by George A. Romero. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did you think? What did you think? This so this was pick. actually so. I've met, I met George Romero. Cool, very cool guy. It's so sad that today was the first day I've ever seen Night of the Living Dead, despite meeting George Romero. Wow. Like I I know what a what a. By the way, cool guy, and it's really funny because I have a photo of me and him side by side thing is those that we both have the same exact glasses so I it literally just it literally just looks like you know like grandpa and, and granddaughter <laughs> on a day out like, i love that photo so much because it just looks so sincere we just look like little, little, little grand like i'm just a little grandchild of him it was so much fun um but this was my first time seeing it and i will say um with all of these because you know if you hear about night of the living dead you hear it's iconic and stuff i will say because of its year 1968 i kind of put it into a category of cheesiness as the blob before watching it however watching it now i was very surprised at how still very um how it still stands it still stands obviously it does have cheesy moments and stuff like that but the script and the dialogue is for its time still relatively modern like i was very it it easily like and i see why it's been adapted so many times because it it's a pretty timeless script like even the dialogue and everything is, is still matches what is very closely to our dialogue today now obviously there may be like some different examples like with the one girl who loses her brother and she's just kind of like being weird like the entire time catatonic state it's very strange. yeah but it, it, i was really impressed how how the way things developed how the way things go and even like 
without, because, you know, when we always think about like zombie apocalypse, we think about the world with, without technology. We think about just using radios and not our cell phones and the cell towers go out and there's no electricity and all that stuff. So it was very interesting how um, this really set like a whole manual for zombie films, zombie TV shows, especially The Walking Dead. Yeah. I, I do think it's very modern. And a lot of aspects about the film are modern. Um, I was very, like, happily surprised to see the main character for the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the main black character. Yeah, I was very surprised, too. I was like, oh, that's great. Awesome. For I love this. We don't see that. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of the movies we watch from the 60s and the 50s don't don't even have black characters. And and that's a thing too. Like let's like let's just look at The Walking Dead, not the comic, just the TV show. Like and even more modern zombie films tend to be more white based Americans. That is actually very true. Now that you think, now that I think of it, it, it is mostly mice. They usually have like one or two black characters, but but not something like this where it was literally from like within 30 minutes all the way to the end of the film. And it's very interesting because it's, it's something we've talked about in the past, but usually when there's a person of color or orientation or something, that is their personality. That is what their character is based on. Um, And it was never talked about in the film that he's black. Yeah. You know, I was expecting that because you had like this old, like curmudgeon guy who's like, meh, 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 meh. so I thought I was expecting him to be like, Oh, you know, and just start saying racial slurs and whatnot. And like that being a part of the tension in the movie. And I was pleasantly surprised because although I do think it would have been fitting for the times, it wouldn't have been necessary to the story. Well, yeah. So it's, it's actually very impressive that they were actually able to, 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 go along and do that and the movie was incredibly successful so that's awesome yeah and what is crazy to me so everyone's like oh like night of the living dead an indie film an indie film yeah so i don't know who said like because i think like the definition of indie film is very subjective like for me personally i think indie film is like depending on who makes it and like when it was made like i thought like okay for night of the living dead savannah Guess how much it cost to make back then, Night of the Living Dead? Oh, I don't know. Because I was very shocked at how high, like, high-priced it was for back well, then, and they still it consider it. I didn't look at this film and think it's low budget, just because... I always assumed it was, because, you know, you hear, like, oh, they used, you know, the 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 chocolate syrup and, like, the brains and the body parts at the ease. It's the 60s. I didn't think that was like... <laughs> Like okay, so what what would you guess ballpark for sixty eight? How like how much money okay. did it take to make this movie? Uh okay, I, I'm gonna say somewhere in the millions. If Back I, then, or like, are you including inflation now? Like, I'm saying like now. I thought we were doing now. No, okay, no, no, no. Back Give me money, monetary value for back then. Okay, because my guess was about like. $20,000 back then. Oh, $20,000? That was my okay. guess. Okay, I would I would say $50,000. It was made for $114,000, which is equivalent to $800,000 today. And it's considered to be one of the most successful because 
at the time, it made 30 million, which is now over 200 million. That's crazy. So it made over 200 times its budget. That's awesome. Well deserved. Yeah. But I was also like, what? Like, that's so expensive. Like, could you imagine back then? Because, like, if you really think about about it, $100,000 back then, that was, like, four houses. Was it? Were things that inexpensive back then? I I mean, I did it. Okay, hold on. How much was a house in 1968 because like no like now you go oh a hundred thousand dollars that could buy you a home today yeah the average american household price was twenty four thousand dollars gosh that's college tuition now (laughs) seriously seriously but it really is um an impressive film an impressive film for its time and even impressive film today like it was a very enjoyable because some you know horror movies kind of lose their touch over the years especially as you get older and things like that but i don't know there's just really something about night of the living dead that really is fresh even watching it for the first time in 2020 it definitely has a charm to it it's one of those movies where like it's obviously dated um some of the the zombies obviously they don't look as great the movie isn't going to be as scary in terms of that but it still has that everybody finds it scary to be trapped in a house everybody's yeah everybody no matter what time of the year time of the century I don't know everybody finds it scary and everybody also finds it scary you're hiding from something you don't want something to come in and you don't know what it is so even with the you know out of date uh design it's still a hot topic that like even the question of like if there's a zombie apocalypse do you stay in the basement or do you stay in the main room like things like that or like even like when they were discussing in the movie i was like what would i choose what would be better and like when they were going back and forth i'm like oh he's got a point oh no he's got a point like i was like really invested in the conversation because it's still like a question that like unless you have a military base in, in your in your basement with an emergency escape like it's a very tough question definitely so those things i think still transfer over to today mm-hmm. um the acting for sure is is little, cheesy yeah, it was like, it was but like, i did like the the directing and i was also impressed with the use of fire in this yeah. film and how actually the writer one of the writers uh john a russo um, he actually set himself on fire because everyone else was too chicken to do it. Rightfully so, might I add. I'm not saying like, <laughs> that's, oh, they cool. really- I mean, that's really cool. Um, I just think they got really creative with the film. I think they were, I think the whole social dilemma too, between the family dynamic, like the family in the basement. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was, that was very interesting as well. And like even the young couple, yeah, they were interesting too. a lot of interesting characters, even the because, um, you know, like I think also with zombie apocalypse and stuff like that, it tends up like immediately as the first body, you know, the first zombie you see magically, the entire world no longer has broadcasting. It's too late. Like it always starts with like the first time we see a zombie. It's already too late. Everyone's screwed yeah. over. There's no radio. <laughs> there's nothing. So I, I, I liked how it was like not only, oh no, there's the radio and the television is still working, but how you also had like, you know, these groups of uh, like 
little militants that just like little little self-serving soldiers that were like, I'm going to fight and like just went out, which is honestly like realistically what would happen too. Yeah, definitely. I do want to talk about one part of the movie. So okay. when I was watching this, um, my husband just came in, like just just looking around. And the minute he comes in, the blonde girl gets decked in the face. And he's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, honestly, she deserved it. She deserved oh, it. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. Which blonde girl? The-, the the one that's like from the beginning, her brother. Oh, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. That The the kid, the, the one in the catatonic snake. Yeah, she's. Go get him. He's not dead. And like she tries to like open the door and pretty much like kill everyone. And the main character has to like punch her in the face. You know the part where she like drives her car into the the tree yeah so apparently um i was reading because i love reading them trivias apparently someone had actually like that was the one of the writer uh, or georgia romero's car um someone actually hit them in the parking lot of the cemetery and they were like write it in the script <laughs> so they That's just really added funny. it into the script That's so funny. i i was really so i really like this film but before before i want to do a little something different before we give our ratings, I have to ask you, Savannah, because it would be wrong if I didn't ask you, what do you think would the best plan to be to do for us during a zombie apocalypse? If it was George Romero, Night of the Living Dead type of zombies. Okay, because my plan would be more World War Z style. You ever see World War Z? Of course, yeah. That would be crazy, like with the towers where it's like <laughs> you're in like a 50-story building and they're just, you know, piling on top of each other type of thing. thing in the movie, like movement is life right? Yeah. You stay, you die. So I don't think necessarily stay, maybe like stay for a little bit. Obviously just don't, you know, obviously you're going to have to stop at some point, Mm -hmm. but you just got to keep moving. You got to keep going. You got to keep finding safety because eventually those things are going to break in. They're strong. Why are all the zombies strong? Why is that the thing? What, what happened to like the slow moving, like, yeah, like the whole like them being strong too does not make sense considering like they're decomp or they just become decomposing. Because World War Z made a little bit of sense because everybody was like it was from a virus, so technically yes. everybody was crazy. But they were like super. They were like breaking through wood and stuff. So if it's that, you definitely have to move. If they're slow, if they can't lift the thing, yeah, stay. Wait, you push them over. And that's yeah. it. Kill them all. Do you have a specific choice of weapon you would use? Hmm. Like, would you do, like, gun, samurai sword? Or would you go Teddy Roosevelt and use a yo-yo? That I was a thing that I'm happened in, during, <laughs> during <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's presidency. I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm handy enough to use a yo-yo. A gun is a classic. <laughs> but Yo-yo. Uh... Maybe like a machete. Okay, because quick, you know? Zach, my boyfriend, he okay. believes, and I do believe too. Have you heard of a tactical shovel? That's no, that's very. Interesting. It's literally a shovel with blades on it. That also, when you twist it one way, a knife comes out. But like, it, it's kind of like a giant Swiss Army knife, but shovel and sharp. That's. Which makes sense because, you know, you can swing it like a bat. You can cut it with it. You can take out the dagger. You can dual wield. Like, that's a solid one, especially if it's one of the zombie types where it's like you shoot shoot a gun and they end up, 
more going to you, like Walking Dead style. That's really useful. I'm yeah. glad he's thinking about this. I mean, psh, you kidding me? Yeah, out of everyone, like literally if there was a zombie apocalypse, we would all be like, Zach, Zach. Like he would be the first person we all will turn to. No, yeah, he'd be our leader. That's it. <laughs> he'd be in charge. Oh, man. But I think I would do like the same approach. I think I would, because um, I like to play a zombie video game called uh, Seven Days to Die. So I, I have a little little expertise in the area. And it is true. In <laughs> order to beat the game, you got to move. Because like in this game, like you can die from dysentery and stuff like that. <laughs> so you have to feed, you have to drink, you have to stay hydrated, and you have to do all that. And the only way to do that is by moving. Because unless you live in, by a river where there's tons of cattle, you're not going to find food or water. And you know to hunt, and you know how to prepare all that stuff, and you have a fridge. Like, you you just need to move and look for cans of green beans. I'm glad I was right then. I'm glad World War Z solved me something. So. Yeah. We're Unless all- you, like, stumble upon a military base. Well, of course. With all their supplies still. Like, that would be the only exception, because they have, like, so much MREs and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad mm-hmm. we're all prepared for this stuff. So what's your rating of Night of the Living Dead? Uh, okay. <laughs> I give it a seven and a half because um, I really enjoyed it. I think there are a lot of great aspects about the film. But it, it is a little slow in the middle. For, mm-hmm. It did get a little slow. Things really escalate in the beginning and more towards the end. And it's not a movie I'd watch again, genuinely. I know that's crazy, but I think one time is enough for me. Maybe uh, down, you know, a few years from now, I'll watch it again, but it just doesn't have that rewatchability factor for me. So. Okay. And um, are you a fan of like the zombie genre or is it just like not your thing? I am. I do like zombie okay. movies, um, okay. but I don't watch them all the time. All right. Um, I would have to say for this one, I would give it, I'm going to give it a 7.8. 7.8 feels right. I like it. I think it's a little camp. I think it's a little cheesy at moments, but um, I do see myself rewatching it, but more like a bi-yearly thing. Like every two years I'd sit down and watch this during Halloween. Um, But I do think in terms of like indie cinema like if they're gonna include this in indie cinema i would say this is top tier because it shows how much you can do with even if like honestly like to be totally honest like even a budget movie of a like close to a million dollars i don't feel like even today a lot of people would do as good as what george romero did with the million so i i I give props to r.i.p george romero a legend um my grandpa um (laughs) (laughs) you gotta put a picture somewhere Everyone needs to see it. I will post, put, put a little picture here. I look in the, I'm sorry if I look a little crazy in the photo. The flash was really daunting. So like my eyes just went, ah, and I, I just really opened up my eyes real wide in that photo. But it's a classic. It's a classic. Or I'll put it on Instagram, whichever. Um, but yeah, I, I give it a, a 7.8. That feels good. Um, do you have a favorite? It, it, would, you, would you consider World War Z your favorite zombie genre movie? Like in, 
Would you consider that? I really, really like World War Z. I don't watch them all the time, so I don't want to say which is my favorite. I have to rewatch gotcha. most of them and then rate them, but I will say World War Z is up there just because I really like the story. Before we go on our next movie, I do have a little fun fact trivia. Okay, I love it. I learned it in microbiology. So you know it's totally possible for a zombie apocalypse to happen? I didn't need to know that. but Yeah, you just have to cross mad cow disease with, um, there's actually like a little zombie, like a little, and within ants, there's a little zombie um, virus type of thing that they have where pretty much it makes these ants go like, pretty much have like, manic episodes where they kill their friends <laughs> so there's that thing within ants but you just got to take mad cow disease and you can take something like a super spreader of ebola and there you go but it would really have to be a really aggressive form of mad cow disease like something that would make you go berserk but fun fact that's all possible that's not fun at all possible I didn't have fun hearing that don't eat raw meat while having covid please don't <laughs> that's the worst thing you can do don't say that the pandemic's just gonna go worse dude do you remember last year like really not to go off topic but do you remember last year i literally had an idea for a new podcast where it was like a like no, it was you the, told me you told me dude, okay so fun fact i'm not gonna spoil it much because i still might write it not during this year because i feel like it's a little too much last year i literally told savannah of this idea i had where it was a um, a fake like a, a scripted presidential debate but like in an audio drama style so it was all fake and stuff but it was during a time where african warlords were doing were harnessing that mad cow slash evil eye crossover and pretty much making african soldiers um into kamikazes and just infecting everyone and killing everyone and everything and then what happens i sent that into the universe and here we are covid 2020 and i apologize thoroughly for that you're really gonna put the god literally looked at my script and said copy paste (laughs) (laughs) that's it everybody blame stuff she did it i'm sorry I'm sorry. 2020. <laughs> Dude, okay, also, but here's the thing. Did I start it or did this movie Contagion with the bat start it? Who's more to blame here? True. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Case settled. Settled that. We're done here. No, we got Tusk. Am I going to introduce Tusk? I feel like I have the right you to. I have to. This is. I have to. All right. So we're going to be discussing Tusk, a movie that came out in 2014. Uh, directed by a legend, Kevin Smith. And it is about a brash and arrogant podcaster gets more than he bargained for when he travels to Canada to interview a mysterious recluse who has a rather disturbing fondness for walruses. Yes, if you haven't seen this movie, get ready. Um, so this movie uh, stars Justin Long, Michael Parks, Haley Joel Osment, Genesis Rodriguez, and of course, Johnny Depp. So Savannah, so we all know that I was the one at the at the party, at the little, little hangout we had last year to go, hey everyone, let's watch Tusk. Um, I did have our friend Matt look at me and go, thank you, that's my new favorite movie. But I also did have other people look at me and go, I will never forgive you for this. Um, so Savannah, you, that was your first moment of seeing Tusk, correct? 
Yes, it was. Let's let's take a little dip back in time and talk about your first impression of the movie. Okay, well, one, after I watched it, I think it's important to note that I tried to find Justin Long's ringtone in the movie where it's like, come on, poor Margarita. I really tried to find it. Couldn't find it anywhere because <laughs> it was stuck in my head because the phone would ring in the movie like a lot. Yeah. So that I re- I'm still trying to find it. If anybody knows where I could get it, that'd be great. It's the type of movie that's so graphic. Sometimes I'll be just doing something random and the walrus will just pop into my head. Like a Vietnam flashback? It's like a flashback, yeah. That's how graphic the imagery was in the movie. But I will say, obviously, the movie isn't supposed to be taking – it doesn't take itself too seriously, Mm -hmm. but really creepy. Like, if you guys are still looking for stuff to watch during Halloween, I know this will be out after Halloween, but it's it's kind of spooky. Even for a movie that's supposed to be, like, poking fun of itself, it's very scary. I thought It's it was definitely crazy. within the creepy realm, that's yeah. for sure. But I, I do like it. I think in terms of, like, horror, this is kind of, like, as weird as it sounds, I enjoy this type of horror. I enjoy the innocent guy stumbling upon the crazy man with a crazy backstory. And you know what? I'm just going to make this loud and clear because I don't want people to be listening to this going, are you kidding me? What do these girls think about it? Just say it. Just say what you think. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be giving Tusk a higher score than Night of the Living Dead. Probably, yeah, me too. And and, and Friday. It's It's just... We have to explain ourselves because all of course, of course. But before you click away and you're like, I don't want to see this nonsense or hear it, <laughs> hear us out, hear us out. Yeah, because I I wasn't on board at first, but after I saw it, I did have a change of heart. We're gonna have to explain ourselves on this one because all our credentials. I know this is like full, like our our like little our little on like our honor is on the stake with just this review, you know? Like, we got, like, we didn't personally get any, like, lashbacks, but I remember when we talked about Chasing Amy, um, there were so many comments on a similar post about Chasing Amy where people were like, oh, no, it's an awful movie. Like, and all stuff like that. And now I'm, like, trying to explain how now and how I'm going to proclaim right now and put into the universe that Tusk is my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I, I have to agree. And it's you know so what? Weird. Kevin agrees too. He, I literally have asked him, I'm like, what's your favorite movie he's ever done? He's like, Tusk. It's my, it's my masterpiece. I'm like, okay, I agree. <laughs> it's, it's such a stupid movie, but it's so good. The whole thing is okay. amazing. But it's so it's definitely worth the two hour watch. You won't forget. So there's it. a lot of parts in this movie that are typical B movie type horror films. But I will say this: there are about three to five moments in this film that, despite the weirdness and everything on, are filmed incredibly well, are acted incre- incredibly well, and the dialogue is just fantastic. Like there's personally one i have two favorite moments one there's a character 
um, played by Genesis Rodriguez named Allie, when she is staring into the camera and crying as she's talking about, you know, Wallace and, you know, how she doesn't feel like appreciated by him and things like that. Like, that's a solid scene. Oh, no, she's very good. That's a solid actress, a solid scene. And the way it was done and everything is fantastic. And the idea of having her look into the camera for like a few minutes and just kind of pour her heart out was just impeccable. And one of my favorite aspects of this movie, too, is in the end when they actually use the song Tusk by Fleetwood Mac, which, by the way, attributed to more than half the budget of the movie. That's just to use the song Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. Well, Fleetwood Mac is an American treasure. So. Of course, of course. Well deserved. And you know what? Every penny was worth it, especially to that scene in the end where Haley Joel Osment and um, Genesis uh, is, it, yeah, Genesis are, you know, running around the, through the stairways and stuff like that. It's such a well done scene. I think my favorite part of the whole movie, the one thing, the star of the movie, I hope we can agree on this, is the bad guy. He is one of yeah. my favorite bad guys probably ever. I really like sick, like, I, I what's the word? Kidnapper, scientist. What am I looking for? Killer? Yeah, like kid- kidnappers and, and stuff like that. I really like a kidnapper murderer with a good background. And I feel like they did a really good job explaining why this guy was so crazy. And then explaining why he got so crazy so like it was so crazy but it was just enough to make some kind of sense like Like, it wasn't just this guy's like been a psychopath but here's why he's a psychopath yeah no it wasn't just like i woke up one day and dreamt of a walrus it wasn't that it was a lot more in depth it was a lot more you know like and it, it this amount of psychology behind this character is pretty crazy as well how the fact that he has to make a walrus because he has this guilt of eating his walrus that saved his life and that the way he must go is to be killed by a walrus is just a very bizarre but psychologically does make a lot of sense yeah so he is definitely one of my favorite bad guys um, he was also, fun fact, he was a Jean Renal in Twin Peaks. Wouldn't have ever known. Some I know, right? One day I was like, I wouldn't have never known that he was that person. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Long is good in the movie. Haley Joel Osment is good in the movie. Love. Um, the Yoga Hosers, which is another film that Kevin did later on, I think, right? That came out after. Yeah. That. So yeah. Tusk, it was Tusk. So this is, so fun fact, this is all part of a of a trilogy, and I believe it's called like the Canadian trilogy or something like that. I forgot what the name is called, but essentially because there was Tusk, then the sequel, the indirect sequel to it is Yoga Hosers because that's where Harley Quinn and, and Lily Rose Depp make their appearance, you know, in this movie and end up being there. So the next one that I am stoked for is Moose Jaws. Oh, you've told me about that. Yeah, it's just Jaws, but moose, because apparently mooses and meeses are terrifying in Canada. I'm excited. I could kill a lot of people in Canada, apparently. I could use another version of Tusk. I could use it. I, I just really want all the, like, almost all the characters. Obviously, you know, um, Justin Long's character can come back. 
But if I really just want to see Haley again, I really, I, fun fact, guys, um, and my boyfriend's probably going to like mute this part because he's like, ugh, rolling his eyes. I love Haley Joel Osment. I'm putting what? this out to the universe. Yeah. I, she really numero uno fan, numero, numero uno fan of Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. No, she really does. Like, I remember when um, you went down to New Orleans. You were like, I feel it in my head. <laughs> I, I was literally I such a, I was such a creep on set. Like every day I was like, is Haley Joel Osment going to be here? I was like, that's, only, that's my only requirement. You don't need to pay me a money. <laughs> like I was just so crazy. Um, but he ended up sadly not being there. But he, I believe he is confirmed for Moose Jaws. So I'm waiting. I am literally waiting to be called on for that. So hopefully when this COVID stuff is over and if I can get a break from school, I will be there. Woo! Um, I wanted to talk about my negatives on the movie. Okay. The only thing I, I didn't care for. Mm-hmm. I, it makes my, my heart very sad. Johnny's Depp, Johnny Depp's character did get a little long. Uh, he Bonkers, this, yeah. He plays this detective in the movie, and he's, like, cool. He's funny for a little bit. But he has – I just remember this one particularly long scene. It's long. It's, like, yeah. minutes of him talking. And after a while – it does take up a good chunk of the movie. So I could have done without all that. But other than that, as weird as it sounds, I don't have any complaints. I know. And that's one of the things where it's, like – we're putting our 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 status of being critiques on the line by saying how much we do like Tusk. And honestly, like, and it's even to a point where some people won't understand it, but from if like in terms of the dialogue, the dialogue is fantastic. The acting ag- against all actors, especially Michael Parks, is fantastic. There's moments of directing that are awesome and like even like i loved like this little spike lee uh tribute towards the end of the film to the the, to the song tusk like there's a lot to and even the special effects the special effects is creepy um done by robert kurtzman and everything like it is creepy but great like in terms of what this movie is and what this movie could have been it's peak like this, I don't think this any other person could have done this movie as good because it would have taken itself too seriously, but or it would have just been bad. That's the key, and I think that's where Kevin Smith went the totally right um, direction. So let's mm-hmm. be honest: if this movie took itself completely serious, it would have failed. It's it would have been awful. Like genuinely, if this movie thought it was like you know the next monster film, the next whatever, everyone would mm-hmm. been like, "This actually sucks." But because it has that that charm to it that can't be feel the whole like it's very like doesn't take itself seriously it knows what it is Mm -hmm. i think that's why it works completely that is why it works oh my god my boyfriend tried calling me i'm sorry i thought i had things on mute we are working right now (laughs) unprofesh unacceptable wow okay (laughs) just kidding he literally is probably gonna edit this later hi zach sorry (laughs) hey um, but yeah, I think that's probably why the film works so well is because it, it, it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. 
So I will say also, Savannah, because I don't know if you've seen it, on YouTube available, if you like this movie or just want to know more about like the behind the scenes and how things were filmed, on YouTube, I'm going to plug in for a friend. Um, on YouTube, um, my friend Liv and Josh Rausch, uh, who I got to work with in New Orleans, they actually made a, docu- a documentary called Walrus Yes, and it is available on YouTube, and it's the full behind the scenes of Tusk. Oh, cool. I'm definitely going to check it out. And also, um, speaking of that, too, so um, one of the things that also came out from that movie is uh, Josh Rausch. Um, he also directed a um, Michael Parks um, documentary as well. Mm. So, yeah, so there's a little documentary, too, on him as well. I got to plug it in. I will definitely be checking those things out soon, especially before Halloween. I didn't want to ask because you would know more than me, and I think you told me once. How did they get Justin Long in that costume or makeup or whatever they did? Like- so it really is – okay, so the guy who did um, – he also worked on Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Um, his name is Robert Kurtzman. He's an absolute genius. He's also the one who made the Iron Bob um, costume in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Um, in terms of that whole costume and everything for Tusk, it really is just this massive costume. I believe maybe um, it was mostly just top half he was in, like kind of like because if you always saw he was on a platform. So it might have just been that instead of laying on his stomach, because that could have been very uncomfortable, um, he might have just been like standing if that makes any sense, or like standing, um, like his lower half of the body would be within the stage and then he would be controlling the top half. So his face and his everything else would be in the top, like the top half of his body would be in the front of the walrus body. I could totally be wrong, but that is what I believe how they got him into that costume because to put him flat on his stomach and have him wiggle like a walrus would have been painful to do for hours. Yeah, no, because I was wondering about that because that looks insane. Like, it looked crazy. Yeah, I I definitely know it took several, several hours um, to make. And they also had used, um, like, prosthetics. Like, there was even, like, if you go to um, Kevin's store in Red Bank, on one of the shelves is a full life-size replica of Mr. Tusk. That's, That's really a sight to see. It really is. Apparently, so it used to be in like this casing that would like, that was, it, it, it's on like one of the shelves now, but it used to directly be above you in the store. And it was very frightful. Very intimidating. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see that multiple times a day. Yeah, no, like it's still there. It's just not in like over you. It's on like a, like a, a pretty large shelf and stuff. But um, so essentially, yeah, it was this, um, I'm looking at it right now. Ooh, guess how, ooh, so apparently, apparently, um, the walrus costume was sold in 2014. Guess how much it's sold for? How much? G- give a number. Is it something ridiculous? I mean, it depends how, I mean. Okay, like, what, what like $10,000? Uh, 7200 but that's just for the shell, the body shell. Watch out for whoever who bought that. We need to keep tabs on whoever bought the Mr. Tusk shell. 
that is that is kind of could you imagine going over and like that's someone's like because you know how everyone has like a pride and joy of their home where it's like this is my art this is my this is my pennies collection and then could you imagine someone being like this is my walrus costume no yeah so i hope somebody is keeping tabs of that person because that's very unless they run some kind of museum i don't know that's a red flag for me Uh, i'm just saying yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was like the whole body part was like it was different pieces. Like so his face would be one piece that would connect to the body. Okay. It wouldn't just be one whole like glove that he just slithered into. That would be so creepy. That would be gross too. That that just sounds gross. Yeah, it really really is. But honestly, okay, what do you give what do you give the rating of Tusk? I'm really upset that I have to do this, but I give it like Oh. Why are you upset? Because I gave Night of the Living Dead a 7.5. And I'm going to give Tuss an outrageous score. (laughs) I'm going to give it a 9. Wow. You know? Okay. And here's why. Let me explain before everybody, like, (laughs) blacklist our podcast. Okay. It is... A campy horror film. It, it's it's a, it's a fun thing to watch with friends. It's not an amazing movie by any means, but it's fun. It's good horror, good acting, good plot, and as as weird as this sounds, I could rewatch it a few times a year. Yeah. So I I have to give it a high score because of that. Please don't take away our credentials. We are no, no. We're, we're 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 still smart, guys. <laughs> um, so I would, you know, because I really, I really like Tusk. I, like I wouldn't consider Tusk one of my favorite movies, but in terms of like, honestly, for what it is, it's a really great movie. For what it is, and that's a big thing to say. It's a really, really great movie. Like, I genuinely mean it when I say, like, you can give this to Nolan, you can give it to Scorsese, you can give it to Tarantino. I still don't think it would have been as good as Kevin. And that's insane to say. No offense, Kevin. But um, (laughs) I'm going to give it a 9.2. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I just looked it up. Um, That ringtone, Wallace's ringtone, is actually the theme for... Kevin's podcast, Hollywood Babylon. Come on, poor Margarita. That one? Yeah. So the song is actually a fan-made song created using uh, one of the actor's impressions of Al Pacino. That's why I like it. Yep. That's why I like it. So there it. you go. Now you can find it. Probably just look up Hollywood Babylon and it might come up as a ringtone. You know, I've, I've seen his podcast once or twice. I must have just went missed it. Maybe I've like... Mm-hmm. Well, he has like five different podcasts. That's why. Okay, never mind. Never. Mind. Yeah, he's got. He has like a Fat Man on Batman. He's got like, or, or now it's sorry, Fat Man Beyond since he lost weight, <laughs> um, which is a great name change. But there's that, and like he has like Smodco, and like he has a bunch. Right, so this is Hollywood Babylon, and also this movie was shot in 15 days. Mad impressive, might I say? That's very impressive. All right, guys. Now the damage is done. Um, <laughs> We've sealed our cassettes in with the final nail. Tusk is the winner. 
There you go. There you go. Imagine this is like this is like literally a battle royale style like um movie review, and it's like who won today? Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, guess what, everybody? Next week is Spielberg week. Oh yes, it is. So what are we doing? Are we doing Jaws and Poltergeist? And close encounters of the Okay, you know you know what I realized? Okay, okay. So here's what I realized. When it comes to like an actor or director's like my favorite work from them, I always pick their most hated or obscure work. Like for me, Kevin Smith. People be like, oh clerks, oh this. I'm like, no, Tusk. <laughs> Spielberg. No, like, oh my God, Warhorse. Oh my God, Schindler's list. Wait, wait, no. Warhorse. We gotta oh. talk about <laughs> but for me, it's like everyone's like, oh, there's this. Oh, like all these movies that won Oscars and stuff. And I'm like, no, Poltergeist. Like I, I will always, any director that you give me, I will choose their underdog movie. I'm a big Close Encounters fan. And I like Jaws too. So I'm, I'm a big Close Encounters Poltergeist. Fan. Dude, Pol- I, I will fist fight anyone who thinks different. Like Schindler's List, like, come on. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good but is it poltergeist good fight me in the arena we'll see (laughs) fight me at the chilies that's it fight me at the chill where is that from where why are you bringing up chilies you you said that one you said fight me at the parking lot of chilies that's where i got it from (laughs) i'm thinking you're just being random i'm like what what does chilies have to do with poltergeist Oh my god! Every time someone like disagrees with you, you're like, "Fight me in the parking lot, Chili's Seven. That is your time, also. Okay, but the last time I said I didn't say Chili's parking lot. The last time I told someone to fight me <laughs> at seven p.m. <laughs> was I told our friend Sylvia because she was like, "Oh, Savannah's my best friend," and I told her, "I'm like, no. If you want the title of best friend, you have to fight me in the woods at seven p.m. <laughs> on Savannah's birthday." <laughs> <laughs> Midnight on my birthday. Um, um, and what was the second part I sent to her? It was something like, for more <laughs> details, I'm sending you a, a whispering snake in your in your tub or something. What was the snake's name? The snake. Oh my god! You, I whispered the instructions to her. Let me let me look at the photo because it was it was it was the best. It made my day. I really, you know, oh, okay, I just wait a second. I got the I got the comment. Everyone needs to hear that. Okay, okay, read the full thing. Look, so Sylvia goes, look how cute my best friend is. And S- Stephanie goes, if you want to be her best friend, you're going to have to fight me for the title the way I want it. Which, by the way, I did not hear about that fight. But you said, fist fight me in the woods on the 16th of December. No shirt, no shoes, no rules. Okay. And Sylvia says, you're on. And then Stephanie goes, the invitation will be sent to you via whispering snake in the shower. His name is Benny, and he hates smooth jazz. <laughs> Dude, I, I hate being reminded of my mental illness. Like, <laughs> I seriously forgot that that is something I could generate from my brain. And, like, that was on the fly, too. That was no thought. That was literally three minutes after you posted that photo. It was. Like, it escalated very quickly. You, sometimes, like, I, I really don't. Like, sometimes I just go about my day and I'm like, I'm just a normal human. And then you tell me things like that that I've said that make me really question my existence. 
So you guys, now that you know all that. I but like and also careful. reading it from an unbiased fresh perspective really makes me understand like this is why people may not laugh the first time because it's it sounds like me having a mental breakdown. <laughs> A whispering snake named Benny. He doesn't like smooth jazz. <laughs> I think also the element of me saying, like, no shirts, no shoes, <laughs> it's just... adds, like, a very, like, oh, maybe she is serious type of element to it. Yeah. I mean, I think we just have that sense of humor. But for people that don't understand, I don't really know what they were thinking. They could have read that and been like, oh. And then like, like it, it, a lot of times I look back at things I've written and I'm like, dude, what was what how did I think this? How did I come up with this? Like when you you posted a picture of yourself in like a little newspaper cap and, and I, you were like, what do you think? And I said, I'd I think I'd like to buy a copy of The Times, please. Yeah. Like, I don't, <laughs> which it was a, such a cute hat. It was such a cute hat and I really liked it. But like, I don't know how I come up with that shit. Like, I really don't understand. So guys, now if you come at us about poltergeist, you're going to have to feel the rage of Steph. Do you remember when your husband tried to come at me for getting for pre-ordering an Xbox for the new Xbox Series S? Yes, I do. And how I literally <laughs> obliterated him and his friend. And I I warned him, I'm like, you're not you're not going to win this. You should You can't win against it. crazy. And for some reason, he was just in a tough mood that night. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to text him. I'm like, yeah, text him. You know, he probably felt so confident texting me. He probably felt so, so confident messaging me. And then he probably just like went to bed going, why did I do that? (laughs) Yeah, they thought they were smart. It was two against one. They still lost. And I knew it. I was like, yeah, have fun. Have fun with that. You're not going to win that. You're not going to win that. A hundred percent. No. Like and, and the thing is, like, because when I fight, I look to confuse. I look to yes. catch you off your guard, like to mentally sweep you off your feet. That's gotta be like a militia tactic. Because <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, because people will come in confident and you will say something. Like the smooth jazz thing, what was she gonna say? What was she gonna say? <laughs> confused, you won. She didn't respond either <laughs> after that. I wouldn't know what to say to that. What do you, what do you, you know? So that's, that's how you win. The, the Conti tactic right there. Like, and the last text I sent to your husband was, we all know a hot dog needs a thick bun to be kept secure, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what does that even mean? I think he asked me what that means. I'm like, it means she won. It, it means I don't know what I'm writing. Like, it's it, when anyone tries to, like, fight me, it becomes the Conti comedy hour. And I just go haywire. Best. Oh, my God. I re- wow. I look at this part of me as like you're crazy, but another part of me is like, God, you're so funny. Put this in the archives. Put this in the archives. Put this in the archives. We got this. We're good. We're good. All right. Ah, that was good. That was, that was good. good. That was real good. Yeah. All right. So next time it's going to be a little uh we need a little alliteration. What's a instead of a festival, uh a Spielberg spectacular? Like what's going on next week? Is that what triple we're gonna call threat? it? A triple threat? We're doing like the triple threat. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. 
Spielberg triple threat. We could call it triple threat. We could call it um triple threat sounds good, honestly. Because it's all the it's the big three. The big three. It's the big three. <laughs> Spielberg semicolon the holy trinity <laughs> to us it's the holy trinity it really is people it really really is they don't see Schindler's List people are gonna get mad but whatever Jaws <laughs> Jaws is in the hill yeah too bad sorry it's good. oh man it's like, could you imagine like having a, a decent conversation with a human being and then them going oh have you seen schindler's list but like you get like not upset but you're like oh, you've seen schindler's list but not poltergeist like that is such no, to, every, to every critically acclaimed movie now if someone says like oh have you seen this and that we're just gonna answer well have you seen tusk no <laughs> then don't talk to me you don't know movies. That's it. That's it. That's the response we have to give people now. Dude, like, it, it's so crazy, too, because, like, I really, like, for example, um, when I worked in New Orleans, um, there were rumors that Matt Damon was going to come down, but he ended up not filming his scenes in New Orleans. He filmed them in L.A., and I wasn't there for that. So one of the things that I was really, this whole man's career, I was totally about to neglect just to say if I had the chance to talk to Matt Damon, I would have just said, I loved you on 30 Rock. That would have been the only thing I said out of this man's 20 plus year career after winning for Goodwill Hunting and everything. I would have just looked at him and been like, I loved you on 30 Rock. 30 Rock's a great show. Anybody on It's a great show. It's a great show. But that's that's my issue. Like if I'm at Spielberg or even like oh Spielberg, uh, it, like there's some directors like Tarantino where like all of his stuff are hits. Same with Scorsese, but like Spielberg, I'd be like, dude, Poltergeist, banger. He'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> looking at me like, are you okay? But it's true. It is a banger. It really is. It really is. It do you have like, aside from Spielberg, do you have another director or an actor or actress that like you love a movie that is so underwhelmed because i know one other person i know one other person for an actor i could say that about who jared leto mr nobody no one knows about oh. mr nobody i'm me and you're the only people who know about mr nobody and everyone's like requiem requiem for a dream yeah everyone's i mean that's not to take away his performance from there but dude mr nobody the best <laughs> it's also like how if anyone asked me what's your favorite Zack Snyder film I would just bypass and go into a Guardians house of ghosts I forgot about that dude if we ever like make YouTube videos we gotta put a poster of that behind us just art uh, the uh, Guardians of uh, Gahul <laughs> the, the album one yeah Am I pronouncing that right? Could you imagine this entire time I'm literally butchering the name? What? I think it's Guardians, the Legends of the Owls of Gahul. Gahul? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. It literally, Legends of, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. G-A-H-O-O-L-E. How else it's pronounced? Um, I do have one. And everyone looks at me like I'm stupid when I say it. Okay, what is it? I, I really like Christian Bale. It's not it's not a surprise. And people will say, oh, you know, what usually it's American Psycho and the fighter. But I will say Or even Batman. Batman yeah, for yeah. sure. But I will say I'll say two things. One is it like to piss people off and the other is like I actually mean it. One, I'm like, but newsies. 
you see him do that ballet like no and I'm being serious because I think he's adorable on Newsies and then I'll be like as a joke just to be funny to see people reactions I'll be like but Exodus did you see him as Moses (laughs) (laughs) um but that's it I like Christian Bale on Newsies I think he's I think he's adorable Oh my god. I think oh man, I'm trying to think of another person I could say. Literally for me, Brando, people be like, Godfather on the waterfront. I'm like, have you seen Last Tango in Paris? <laughs> like his everyone thinks it's his worst movie he's ever done. Um, but I love it. Um, there was also another actor I was going another director I was going to say. It's always Matt Damon and the that or his SNL performance. Matt Damon as Brett Kavanaugh on oh, SNL always gets me. So funny. Um, yeah, like it, it, I've always just gone with like the most extreme unheard of movies, like when it comes to finding director favorites and stuff, because usually like that's where like, for example, like Tusk is Kevin's favorite movie. And like you could just tell there's always a little something more within the director's favorite movie. Yeah, you're right about that for sure. But all right. Um, catch us talking about Poltergeist, Jaws and Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Yep, we will. Going on. See you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.